Hey, greetings and good morning, uh, my Christ Place Church family. This is the campus pastor of Van Dorn Klee, and wanted to invite you this morning to join me uh, for a morning devotional uh, with kind of the mode of church we're in. I'm not having as many opportunities to be able to just share the word with you on the weekends. And so this is a great opportunity for me to still kind of keep that up a little bit and, and hopefully connect with you um, through our social media platform. And so I'm right here at our campus, which is, of course, very empty as it has been. And so I am so, so looking forward to um, seeing y'all back in here and getting able to being able to worship with you all. And man, I can't wait for that to happen. But in the meantime, I wanted to invite you just to walk with me through the book of Philippians. And so I'm doing um, just a little bit of a walkthrough and wanted to see if I could find some things just to pull out that we can maybe help apply to our lives a little bit. So uh, I invite you to join me. And uh, I want to go ahead and start this morning by reading in the book of Philippians, um, chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. And it reads like this. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation um, today, um, which is a, a helpful translation if you're kind of looking for more of a thought-for-thought thought kind of translation. And so as I read to you, that's what I'll be reading from today. And it reads like this. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus. This includes church leaders and deacons. And so right off the bat, Paul and Timothy are saying, we're writing to everyone in this church. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, how long you've been a part of the faith, or even what your role is, if you have a formal role of authority, this is something for all of you. So he says, may God our Father in Christ Jesus give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, listen to this, I give thanks to my God. And whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Verse 7, so it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart, for you share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love and long for you with tender compassion of Christ, with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters here, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. I want to just share with you today in this devotion uh, of, from the thought represent. And as we look at uh, Philippians, I think there's going to be a, uh, a thread where we can see ways in which the authors um, are encouraging the, the church in Philippi to continue to represent Christ as they have been doing. And so this morning, as we dig into this, um, challenge you right off the bat to find ways to represent Christ in your day today. So if you can't listen to the rest 
of the devotion, there right, right ahead, go is, is a really solid takeaway. How can you represent Christ today in whatever you're doing? But let me pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Um, I pray that it would be encouraging and enlightening to those who may share in the reading of it. Uh, we invite you into this day, and we pray for a spirit of revelation and understanding as we share this time together. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so as, as I was reading this the first time, I was trying to draw some um, just connect, connections with my own life. And um, we have a, Shannon and I, we have a three-year-old. Many of you know, obviously, Eli. And there is a process for bedtime. And bedtime consists of brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom. And then once you're done with those things, you go into your room, you get in your pajamas, and then we read a story. And it's often the same story. And uh, right before we get ready to actually go to bed, we get to w get out our wiggles. We, we do the, we jump on the bed, and we get all of our wiggles out so that we can go to bed easier. But right when Eli's ready to go to bed, and we, we've done all of the proper procedures, and we put on the shark blanket with both hands, and we put on the other soft blanket with both hands, and he's ready to start the process of going to sleep, we say our evening prayers together, and we start with the Lord's Prayer. And we've been doing this with him since he was very young. And I, we just started one night, and it just kind of kept going and going. And it's really cool because at this point, Eli, he's got that thing memorized. And, and we kind of do like a little plain response, and I'll do a line, and he'll do a line. And his favorite line to say, um, on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know why, but he just loves to say that line. And we get to that every night. And it's been a lot of fun. But here's what's been really cool for me as a father is is to, at an early age, just try to start something in him and to see it catch and to see him take it and then just take ownership of it and develop his own little prayer life because not only does he have the Lord's Prayer memorized, but there's been a number of times where maybe mommy was sick or not feeling well and Eli would stop and his little heart moved with compassion would say, Mommy, Let's, let's, let me pray for you. And he would close his eyes real tight like this and say, Dear God, <laughs> dear God, will you please heal my mommy's tummy? In Jesus' name, amen. And even the other day, I was talking with my mom about a family member who just needed some prayer. And I just said, you know what, Eli, will you pray with daddy for, for this family member? And he said, okay, daddy. He closed his eyes real tight and he says, dear God. I pray that you would bring healing for this family member. In Jesus' name, amen. And while it's adorable to, to see, it also just warms my heart to see him grow and continue to move forward. And I, when I'm reading this, as I hear Paul addressing the church in Philippi, it's with that kind of spirit that I imagine him writing to the church. And now he's still in, in prison in Rome, and he is writing to the church in Philippi because they have set um, one of their leaders, Epaphroditus, to them um, with a financial gift, and, and they want to continue to support Paul. And what I love about this is, is Paul's letter is coming as a mode of encouragement to them, um, and also as, as a means to continue to challenge them to continue to grow. And so it communicates his his excitement and his joy and what they are doing. And I think we're going to find some really great things out of that. And and so I just want to draw uh, on a couple of verses and focus on a couple of verses, um, namely here today. Um, let's look at um, verse 9. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. 
that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. Now let's remember real quick who he's talking to. He is talking to these believers in Philippi. This is a church that, that Paul started, and if you want to go back in the book of Acts, you can kind of see um, the, the genesis of this particular church. And if you remember the story of Paul and Silas when, when they were in prison, and at the midnight hour they began praising and worshiping God, and, and the shackles were loosened and the bars broke down. That whole story is the genesis of the start of this church. And so the characters you read in there, the, the woman they first met outside, Lydia, who is the first woman who um, got to hear the gospel and, and became a Christ follower, in, probably in Europe, uh, when they go into the city and they, they, uh, they cast the spirit away from the woman who's a fortune teller and um, the, the people who, who saw them get stoned and get beaten and, and get the, see them in prison and the prisoners who may have been in the cells with them and the soldiers who saw them become free. These are... Uh, group of people who are probably a part of the audience who might be reading this. And in Philippi, you have a number of slaves, you have a number of peasant farmers, but you also have a community of retired Roman soldiers who are in the community. And because of their connection to a highly patriotic uh, society, they're pretty influential because they've, they've served in the army. And some of these individuals are becoming those followers too. And so the the conditions in which you can imagine them, um, there's a lot at stake there. Uh, there. There's a lot of pressure for them to follow the culture. Um, and the culture believes and, and they follow lots of other gods. There's pagan worship and um, the king Caesar himself thinks that he is the god and he thinks that he is the savior. And so you have these group of Christians that are residing in that this church is growing and gaining influence. And causing some, some changes in the, in the region um, with a message that is very contradictory to what the culture wants to do. And so you can, you can imagine uh, the, the kind of danger there is to be a Christ follower. Um, and, to, and then to also declare that and to want to promote that around the region. And so Paul writes this letter to them. He's encouraged by what's going on there. Um, and he's writing to all of them. But he draws in here and he has a specific prayer for them that they would grow in knowledge and understanding. And he prays about the fruit of their salvation. The fruit of their salvation, for me a different way of saying this, the evidence of their salvation, the evidence of God's work inside of them. And the fruit of our salvation, uh, when, we, when we receive God, I believe, obviously there's an instantaneous change that happens, right? Um, the old is gone, the new has come, and we begin to walk in this new self. Um, but we understand that what is happening on the inside, the salvation is continuing to do its work in me each day. And I believe this is, this is the work that Paul is addressing here because he says, I want, you to, I want you to always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. And I believe he's seeing some evidence of their salvation even now. But here he gives us right away what that fruit is. He says, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. So he's saying the evidence of your salvation is the righteous character produced in your life. Or the evidence of salvation working in you is the fact that you all are becoming more and more like Jesus. Or, if I can simplify this a little bit further, the evidence of Christ's work in you 
is that you represent him well. And so as I'm reading this, my, my, I'm encouraged and I'm challenged. Lord, I want to represent you well. And, and whatever challenge that might be me presented, I, I want to wear the character of Christ. And so um, what I love about the book of Philippians is, is Paul sets this up. And in the next few chapters, as we go through this, you're going to notice how Paul begins to give us a little bit more of a picture of what it means to represent Christ and, and how we're going to live our life and, and the, the fruit that he is conti- he's encouraging them to continue to develop. Because even before here, here's the thing he says, um, he says, I want, I pray that your love will flow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. That is, they grow in their knowledge. So he's acknowledging that they are growing, that there, there's some growth there. And he's praying that they will keep on doing that by uh, praying for their knowledge and understanding and being able to represent who Christ is, to look more and more like Christ Jesus. And we're going to find some more practical ways that in, in the chapters to come. And so for me, the big takeaway, I mentioned that at the beginning, but I really believe that um, evidence of our, of our growth, of our spiritual maturation, is when we become to look, think, act, talk more like Jesus, and be able to represent Him in an effective and efficient way, and to represent Him in a way that is impactful. As the church here in Philippi, in a danger zone, they were able to follow Christ individually. They were able to collectively have a church have an impact that was increased because they were living a life that looked more and more like Christ Jesus. And so it's that church that Paul writes to, and it's that situation that he begins to open up this letter, this this letter of thanks for their gift um, showing, showing that they are still committed in, in supporting um, the, the work of, of the gospel. And just their continued perseverance um, to continue to be Christ's followers when it's dangerous. And so today, Lord, how can we best represent you? Help us, Lord, to be a better representation of who you are. And we pray that that representation would come by a greater knowledge and understanding of who you are your character, why you do the things you do, and how trustworthy you are. And so I pray for uh, my brothers and sisters who may be joining today that that truth would grab a hold of them. It would change us and transform us, and that it would make us collectively as a church more effective as we look more and more like the one we claim to follow. God, we pray that you would forgive us for the times where we have misrepresented who you are to others. And we pray that you would convict us by your Holy Spirit and give us an accurate picture of who it is that we are representing. And we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today, if you were able to. Um, if you had any thoughts or revelations during today's uh, devotion, um, I'd love to see you post those, even on comments here in, in the video. Um, so feel free to share that. But have an awesome day. And I look forward to seeing you all here live again um, when we are graced to be able to do so.